Hello, welcome to the JV Show. This is Jorge. And this is Viv. And uh, welcome back, guys. I, we Hi. haven't had a podcast together for like a month. In a while. No, like literally a month. Because I think I flew out to the Philippines on the 19th of January. I was supposed to fly out to the Philippines. Two weeks. On the 19th of January. It's the 16th of February now. It's the 16th. Holy shit. Yeah, so That's about a I month. Really looked at- oh, yeah, actually. Yeah. Literally about a month, right? Only a couple days off. Right. Uh, so we're just going to get you guys caught up with our lives i guess uh quick thing with my trip on the 19th so fucked up i went to the airport we all had our stuff joyce had like i think a bag to check in we checked that in or she had two bags to check in we checked that in we're sitting like right next to the gate just like hanging out and then suddenly the west jet lady's like this flight's canceled i was like the fuck are you talking about this flight's canceled and then she's like, go and grab your bags and then go to the customer service desk and they'll figure like, figure it out for you. Mm. We do that and the customer service desk is like, yeah, we have no other flights tonight. So Wait, how much, bef- how early before the flight or departure time did they let you know this? I think it was about, I want to say like two hours, maybe a little less than two hours, a little bit less than two hours. Mm. So I think I was supposed to fly out at 7 p.m. And they may have told us, I believe, like 5, 5.15. And I was like, what? Okay, well, you know, my flight from Vancouver to Taiwan is not till midnight in Vancouver, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, you still have time to get me there. But they're like, oh, we have no other flights from Edmonton to Vancouver. Vancouver? Really? That's they're shocking. Like, they're, they're like, it's all booked. I was like. Bitch. Oh, what the fuck are you guys going to do, right? They're like, oh, just wait for someone to call you because we have a team working on it. Mm. So. Wait, I thought if you cancel and you don't make it to one of your flights and it, and it has connecting flights, the rest are also canceled. Yeah, they're all fucked. I mean. Like automatically canceled. They're fucked if they can't get me there, right? So they couldn't get me there. Um, and. I was waiting to to get like a call back. I was like waiting forever. I was like waiting at the airport, but they're like, "Oh, just go home." I was like, "You guys fucking kidding me?" I like really want to prefer to leave today. Yeah. Uh, but they never called, so I was like, "Okay, hey, give me a taxi chit." They gave me one, and I went home. And three hours after, they said they'll call within the hour to let me know what my new flight plan is. Right. Three hours after, I was like, "Okay, hey, fuck it, I'll call them and I'll figure it out." I called them, and I swear, if I didn't call them, they wouldn't have like figured something out for me they weren't gonna call you i i don't think so i personally did not believe they were going to uh so i had like the longest conversation and a battle with this west jet lady not really her fault it's like the system that fucked up right it wasn't Mm -hmm. her fault but i was like okay like i'm gonna fight for whatever i can to get to the philippines as soon as i can right Mm -hmm. Uh, i was talking to her and then she gave me a couple options i was like these are all shit right so then i ended up going with the least shit option so I was supposed to fly, fly Friday night on the 19th. I ended up flying Sunday morning. So I was like 36 hours delayed. I was like, you guys are terrible. fucking assholes. Um, luckily for me, or like relatively speaking, because I heard on the news, like some, some people waited like eight days. Like they never contacted them for like eight days after. Holy shit. And because like I'm very... Wait, how do you know about this? It was like on the news. for your specific flight? Oh, oh not, not for my specific flight. But like a lot of people were bitching about WestJet and mm. not figuring shit out, right? Because I've never had... Or I think I have had a flight canceled on me. And it was like my, my Barcelona flight. The first one from Edmonton to wherever was canceled. Mm. But I got there and they're like, oh, okay, we'll just redirect you to Toronto and then Toronto to here. And then I like I made all my flights, right? So yeah. I was like, okay, like they... 
they fucked up and they understood that they had to cancel this flight, but they they made it work for me, right? So I was like, I don't really care, right? As long as I get mm-hmm. to my destination at the time I was supposed to, then there's no real problems, right? But WestJet didn't, and it was like 36 hours delayed. I was so pissed. I was like, you guys are fucking joking. They were on the cusp. I feel like that timing they gave me, they were on the cusp of royally fucking up because I think they have 48 hours. Like, they have to get me on another flight within 48 hours or else... um. They have to like find a way to transport me to somewhere else to get me to my destination, right? Mm-hmm. So either it's like if they can't get me a flight somewhere, then they have to like, I don't know. I, I actually don't know if this case, but like they'll have to like drive me to Calgary or something and then get me a flight. Like that's really? technically the rules, but I feel like Westshire also doesn't follow the rules because I was asking them and I was like, okay, why can't you guys get me a flight tomorrow morning? And they're like, oh, we don't have any. And I was like, do you not have any within my seating like because i paid economy is like is that why because i was like i don't give a fuck like how you get me there if you had to fly me a different class just to get me to my location as soon as possible that's what you should be doing because because i think the other rule is if they are nine hours or more delayed which they were right they have to get me there no matter which airline so if they have to buy a ticket from a different airline they have to do that and i was like tell them like guys like like what? What are we talking about here? If you have to buy me a fucking first class ticket, I don't care. Like, just get me to my location. If you have to like put me on jump seats just to get me to where I have to go, I don't care. Like, you you have to like figure this out. Mm. So then the best they could figure out was like thirty six hours later. I was like, wow, this is like actually shit. I feel like that's not the best. Yeah, I was like, this sure. was not the best. Like, so I I was searching myself on on Google Flights. I was like, yo, there's all these other flights. And then their argument was that oh, but they like all these other companies they will overbook flights and they'll hope people don't show up and then that's how you get on the flight but we don't do that we can only guarantee f- uh, seats so that's why we can't book you on there i was like man this this doesn't feel right it doesn't this doesn't sound right that makes sense so i have heard that before it, it, i i if it's a third party site. i have heard that too but i also feel like if you're truly wanting to fix the problem you would like legit just charter a plane just be like yeah. all right charter a plane everyone we cancel on this flight they're flying tomorrow morning 8, 8 a.m we'll just make it work we'll just have to pay for a whole chartered flight right they could even buy the flights off of that third party yeah or like buy all the flights of one seat to cover all the people that they just canceled right or off one plane right but i feel like they just chose not to do that i just feel like they royally fucked up now i don't know if i want to like bring this any further because technically they did already give me some money but i feel like it wasn't enough so the rules are like if you're delayed you know three hours i think it's like 300 bucks like six hours it's like 500 bucks and then nine plus hours is a thousand dollars but anything more than nine hours so like nine hours you get a thousand dollars and technically 36 hours you also get a thousand dollars i was like that's kind of still dumb though because like there's a big difference between being a day and a half late for your trip and like nine hours late for your trip right because like my trip was only two weeks so that means they technically took away 10 percent of my trip by making me a day and a half late yeah right so i was like man this fucking bullshit uh, I'm still waiting for my expenses to be covered because like I because I was delayed I had to book a different domestic flight from Manila to Lawag which is where Joyce's family is and then we had to like get a hotel and do all that shit so I sent them all those expenses I'm still waiting for that but I'm still debating how much further I should go because technically under the rules of like the Canadian transport a- transport agency other than the expenses they've done everything they're supposed to do quote unquote supposed to do because like I can argue that they didn't give me the like earliest possible flight that they could have found yeah um but then that's kind of like a he said she said they can't really look at the history of that and they can't prove it anymore yeah yeah so i was like fuck i don't know i'm not sure but yeah that was a shitty way to start the trip because like i literally got to the airport and then i went home (laughs) went to bed hung out a whole day and then went on my trip yeah right 
So I don't know. I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty cheesed about it. I was like, I don't ever want to fly WestJet from Edmonton at least, because I feel like if you again, it goes back to living in Edmonton, which kind of sucks. If you lived in Vancouver or Calgary, you don't have this issue because that's where the flights directly go from. Yeah. So like, if they canceled and not they, but like if they canceled from Calgary to like Japan, for example. That's a bigger deal, but it's also like the entire flight. There, there wasn't a connection issue. It was just like they just fucked up that one flight and they have to cover everyone and they'll yeah. probably figure it out ASAP, right? But because a connecting flight got canceled, they're like, oh, they're, I feel like they're less inclined to do everything possible, right? It's also not like a major flight hub in a way. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was like, fuck, man. And and that's the other thing. I was searching and because I, because of my lifestyle, I always want to go on a trip like every fucking four months. <laughs> Uh, I, I was trying to look for like, hey, where do I want to go next and stuff? And for a bit, I've been kind of looking to South Korea because I've been and I I quite enjoyed it. And Joyce has never been. And I find South Korea is very similar to certain hubs in Asia where it can only be cheap for so long. Like I felt like maybe Singapore back then was cheap to travel to. But now it's like it's the same. Like mm. food there costs about the same as here. Like it's slightly cheaper, but not that much. Yeah. And living and transportation it costs the exact same here. It's like it's three bucks to take the train there. So like that's the fucking same here, right? So I feel like Japan has already kind of started to catch up with that. Like meals are starting to get more expensive, and and living starting to get more expensive, and yeah. transportation starting to get more expensive. They're kind of like catching up from third, second world to like first world kind of thing. Yeah, I can see that. And I feel like South Korea is the next one. So I was like, oh man, like I feel like right now. Or during this duration of the next three four years is probably the last time it's gonna be quote unquote cheap. Because the last time I went to South Korea, oh, food food was so cheap. Oh, so good. It was so dirt cheap. I was like, five bucks could get you like a really full meal. Oh yeah, now I can't. Yeah, and ten bucks would be like premium meal, right? And then tw- and then twenty bucks is almost like an ace premium meal. Mm. Uh, at least the last time I went there. Because I think the last time I went there, it was like I before think, COVID. Uh yeah, it was way. It was like twenty sixteen. I think it was like. 15 to 20 bucks a person and we had like premium barbecue we had like premium meats and we like had way more food than we can eat like our, our table our table was this size and it was full of food mm. right and it wasn't like ace as in like it was actually all you can eat it was like we ordered food and like it filled the whole table but so yeah that's why i was lo- like looking into south korea because i feel like south korea is like i feel like they're gonna start getting there right yeah. with their, all their development i'm almost surprised <clears throat> that they're not even there yet because because the thing is i feel like the moment that you don't have to complain about AC and it being dirty is the moment they've kind of moved from third world to more like first world. <laughs> and also that's the moment they charge for first world, right? Like you go to Thailand and you pay dirt cheap for food, but you also, you know, there's bugs crawling everywhere. It's hot as fuck, right? Yeah. It's not comfortable, right? But in Japan, oh, it's like though. in Japan, it's super comfortable. And, but then you're also going to start paying for that, right? You, yeah. You're at the pay for that premium now. Right? For sure. Uh, anyways, back to the main thing. And when I was looking at flights from Edmonton, like, Throughout the year, it's all like two thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And the the way I kind of look at it is like, okay, if I look three months from now, and there's no deals, or th- if there is a deal, then I could wait three months before I want to leave, and there's there might be a deal. Like if you kind of extrapolate, mm-hmm. like okay, because like if you go too far out, they don't have deals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you go too close, they don't have deals. So like I use right now as a timing of okay, three when months. do they have deals out? Right? Like is it two three months before you fly, you should buy or not? Right. Mm-hmm. But throughout the whole year, like it doesn't even matter when. If you look right now, it's all two thousand dollars from Edmonton. If you look from Calgary, it's a thousand dollars. 
What the fuck? Yeah. So I was like, dude, like literally so easy. get in a car, drive down to Calgary, buy a parking pass for a week or a week or two weeks or however however long you go. If you go with two people, like you already saved $2,000. So if that parking thing is only cost like two $300, that's like, okay, well, that's still cheaper, right? And Just leave the car at a friend's house. Yes. Yeah, something, right? Just mm. something. Um, and I was like, dude, like, what the fuck? Holy shit. Yeah. I should just do that. Like, that's so much more that's convenient. That's significantly cheaper. Yeah. What the hell? Like, it's insanely cheaper. Because I thought if it was like $300 cheaper, I was like, okay, it's not worth it. That's kind of like the gas money's not worth it yeah. anymore and stuff. But if you, you had four people, you say $4,000 right there. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you just drive down there, park a car, you know, gas their gas back. That's like, what, 100 some bucks max kind of thing? Like, even if... It just depends on the type of car, right? And then another hundred ish, two hundred dollars for the parking, right? Yeah. Or if you really want, you could get like flare or some shit for like a hundred bucks. Just to go down there, right? Yeah. Yeah, And that's still cheaper than driving. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, damn, what the fuck? So then I start, you know how we have like Yeg deals as a site? Yeah. I was like, oh, this is YYC deals for sure, right? I search on YYC deals. They have deals all the time. We have deals once every two weeks. Yeah. This is all the time. YYC every oh, every week. Oh, dude, they, they you you go to France from Calgary for five hundred dollars. What the fuck? That's what I'm saying. Um, so life hack for everyone out there: go to fucking Calgary. So like right now they have a Japan, a uh, Calgary to Seoul, nine hundred fifty six to nine hundred ninety dollars. That's that's the deal they have right now. Oh, that's. But sick. when I searched, this was like year round. Like mm-hmm. I searched from now to like September, and other than like high season, like summer, like July, August. Yeah. It's a thousand dollars throughout the whole like throughout that entire time between now and September, except for that high season there. Yeah. So it's like damn. And then so that, that was posted on fe- on fe- February fourth, the week right before that, or the day before that, Calgary to Paris, four hundred sixty four to five hundred fifty dollars. And then the the Wait, same do day they have specific dates for that? Uh they always do, right? But yeah. like But like what? I, I think it's not that in like not that bad. So October, November first week. So this is in uh twenty twenty three. Oh, fuck. oh, this is okay. So this was old, but then the new stuff was January, February, March, April of 2024, which is like right now, right? And then, yeah. So when when I when I saw when I saw Google Flights that Calgary to there was cheaper, I was like, oh, let me see if YYC deals have like really good shit, and they have shit. Other than this week, like all of the week of February first, they've had like five deals. Okay. Just, just to give you guys a reference point, there's five deals on the week of February first. The week right before that, there's one, two, there's two deals, and then two weeks before that, there's two deals. Okay. Calgary to London is five twenty. Yeah, it's fucking what so cheap fuck? from there. Then you go to Yeg deals. We have bullshit deals. We have Edmonton to Jamaica. So they posted this on January eighteenth. I knew about this deal from me randomly searching shit since like December. What the fuck? Yeah. So they have Edmonton to Jamaica for four hundred bucks. Uh, and they posted this on January 18th. The deal before that was posted January 3rd and is Edmonton to Yellowknife. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, man. You guys Actually, can't I was even, thinking of going to Yellowknife. You guys can't year. even give us good deals. Do you want to go to Yellowknife? No, not right now. Not anytime soon. It's because their Aurora Borealis is supposed yeah, to be really strong yeah, this I'm, year. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I do want to go to Alaska one day. Hmm. Uh, for no reason. I slightly out of the Arctic. I think my inspiration to go to Alaska is purely from like the Simpsons movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh wow, it looks so cool there. So get on the plane. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, it's a piece of shit. Alaska. (laughs) Let's go home, guys. Yeah. No, I have no uh, aspiration to go to Yellowknife or um Alaska. What was the furthest north you've been, Viv? 
Like, is this the furthest north you've been? Probably, actually. Oh, I've been to Fort Max. That's five and a half hours by driving north. Yeah, actually. So Fort Mac was the furthest north I've, I've ever been. But um, I don't... Yeah, I don't really have aspirations to go any further. But now that this whole Calgary thing has, like, Victor- creeped... Victoria is still south. Of yeah, it's south of us, yeah. yeah. But now, now that this whole Calgary and YYC deal thing has crept into my brain, I'm like, oh, dude, why don't I just do this? Like, it's, yeah. it seems so much more convenient. The other nice thing is that uh, Joyce's family has a shop in Red Deer, so they actually have an apartment there, too. So we could, like, stay the night before we fly in red deer and then drive like less time to like go and if we have like an early early morning flight for example yeah that's awesome yeah so i was like okay i think i've concluded that from now on i'm just gonna search from calgary and from edmonton and then if it's significantly cheaper i'll go from calgary instead yeah i would do the same actually yeah yeah that's sick right so a life hack for you guys out there uh the only reason i know about this shit is because I'm not that busy at work, so every so often I'll go and I'll go. Okay, if I haven't booked a, a trip in the last like six months, I'll start looking for one. So yeah. for example, I I already have one coming up in May, so I probably won't look for one until uh, next month, next month or the month after. So usually I have a trip lined up before my upcoming trip for the mm-hmm. next trip. If that makes sense. Makes sense. Because uh, I always like to. I always think around like four to six months before is the per, per, like best timing. So if I were to go in September then I'd want to book between March and May, right? Yeah. And then my next trip is already, like, end of May, and I booked that um, before I left to the Philippines. I booked that, I think, in December. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, the day you go to Thailand, I'm going to be so excited for you. I, I've been to Thailand before. Recently? No, no, not recently. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I'll go without my friend, uh, Annalyn. Because she's, yeah. She always, so fun. She always wants to go. Oh, I mean, she, oh, like, she has family, right? And she's, like, mm-hmm. balling as fuck. And I think I think our my like my group of friends we want to think of a friends trip soonish, mm-hmm. and to like maybe Thailand. Like the guys. Be, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we, like we used to do guys trip a bit more often than now, but now it's a bit tough. Uh, I actually I don't know why it's a bit tough for me. It's not <laughs> like for me I can go any fucking time. I always tell them it's like, hey, you guys ever want to go on a trip? Just let me know. I'm always down. Yeah. Um. I guess recently I went with my one friend to Spain. That was one of my guys. But like as the group of four of us, we've never really been. And then now with like girlfriends and stuff, we'll probably bring them too. So it'll be like a bigger trip if we go. But Thailand would be perfect because my friend is relatively, or she's ex- significantly rich there, right? Yeah. Um. So I she like a lot of people are, but yeah. Yeah, but her family owns like a uh, car dealership, so they oh, get shit. cars all the time, right? So she could literally just grab a van and like drive us around and stuff. Oh shit. Yeah, and uh, not even her. Like she has drivers and stuff when she's there. So, yeah. Uh, anyways, I went to the Philippines. I, I just want to update you guys on that. It was a fun trip. Uh, nothing too special about that. Like, I felt like Philippines was kind of like Vietnam. So I don't know if you've been to Vietnam, but Southeast Asia in general. Yeah. Uh, when you get there, the airport's kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. Like Vietnam and maybe even Thailand and you know all these places, their airports nothing compared to like. You know japan's airport or like vancouver's airport san diego's airport it's like you know vancouver's airport it's like a like obviously japan's gonna be really nice but yeah. i think vancouver is also one of the more celebrated airports in canada yeah and and generally i think a lot of these quote-unquote first world airports they're they're bigger they have uh t- taller ceilings they have more space everywhere they have comfortable c- uh seated areas but like stuff like 
Vietnam. It's like a shit show. It's like shitty benches, and then it's just the gate, right? Oh my fucking god, you expect Rome to be really nice? Oh Rome's no, it's not. Ugly as shit. Oh yeah, okay. Rome literally seems like. <clears throat> Like, if you didn't hear about Rome being such a great city, you would expect Rome to be, like, some third world city where no one goes to. And, like, oh, when you go there, you're not going to be able to find good food or any, like, fucking anything. Yeah. And, like, no one's there going to be, there's no hospitality. There's no, like, tour, tourism. Yeah. Budget. There's, like, nothing. Like, it's so fucking bad. And you know how usually there's, like, a public transit system right outside of any airport? Yeah. For that one, you have to walk, like, five blocks away Ugh. on the side of the road and there's no fuck. like it's not paved or anything that's the main airport's God bus station damn. and i was like what the fuck so so that's pretty similar to again like vietnam and philippines and shit they have like a transit thing but it's just garbage like it's just so shit every taxi driver there is trying to scam money off of you just oh like God. in vietnam so philippines just like in vietnam when you go in and check in your bags, when you do leave the Philippines, it's just like Vietnam where there's people like literally wrapping boxes in like the saran wrap thing, oh like God, where they're yeah. trying to wrap the whole box, just like that. Everyone's bringing like a fuck ton of bags, and so like I'll, I'll kind of skip a part of my trip. So when I was leaving, um, the airport's so bad that they don't really have self check in. Like you literally have to go to the counter and you have to like grab your ticket there. They don't even let they don't even send you the boarding pass to your phone. You have to go to the counter. So I was waiting behind all these people with like I swear like five bags per person trying to like they're trying to check their oh bags in and I'm just waiting there with my one like rolly carry on I'm like I just want I just want my boarding pass guys <laughs> I don't I'm not trying to I'm not trying to check anything in I just want my I just want my boarding pass you couldn't like check in and or like <coughs> print out all your, or do all your boarding stuff outside of the kiosk no uh, so you you can do online check in but you still have to pick up your boarding pass at the kiosk. But it's a, like the lineup is the same lineup as if you were to drop bags off. Oh, goddamn, what the hell? Yeah, so it's like a, a absolute shit show. I'm like, that's so inefficient. Wow, this sucks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like that's similar to Vietnam. So like I feel mm-hmm. like the airports and like the lifestyle and it being like Southeast Asia and all this stuff is like very similar. Everyone's trying to scam you there. Every vendor, every taxi driver trying to scam you for, for money. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only difference that's nice is like in Philippines, they all know English, right? So I can actually talk to someone right in vietnam it's a bit tougher like not knowing any vietnamese is kind of tough mm-hmm. uh but anyways i get there it's you know whatever average go to joyce's uh like family place like i, I don't think joyce i think joyce's family is like not I, I wouldn't say rich but like her dad has some businesses there so it's decent but it like they still live in the village kind of thing yeah so that's similar to like my dad's family in vietnam so i was like there's a lot of similar similarities so i think so they like- they were expected expecting me to be a bit more culture shock, but I'm like, uh, one, I'm kind of well traveled around the world, so it's hard for me to be shocked <laughs> yeah. by that. And two, it's like it's literally like Vietnam for me, so it's yeah. like there's not much of a difference, right? Even the food is kind of similar. Like there's really? still differences, but it's like relatively, you know, Asian. Not similar. Food. I mean, they use a lot of like vinegar, fish sauce, stuff like that. Very mm-hmm. similar to like uh, Vietnamese cuisine. Yeah. The, the, the difference is like they use different, you know, vegetables, different. Um, parts of the meat right yeah. like different organs maybe or stuff like that mm. but in general it's you know relatively same uh they eat a lot of rice there so maybe in vietnam maybe a little less rice maybe a bit more like broken rice from things like that yeah. and then just more just straight up rice in, in the philippines uh so in the philippines in general it felt it felt pretty similar but it was nice because like having joyce's family they pretty much just had like cars there and they just brought us to places right so like we i we pretty much took road trips the whole trip that made sense so after we landed at her hometown they just kept driving us to different places 
Uh, unfortunately for me, the first place we went to, I don't even remember any of these names. Like, we just keep kept showing up at different towns. I was like, dude, I can't remember all these fucking names. <laughs> unfortunately for me, the first touristy place we went to, the we went to the tourist thing, and then usually next to the tourist, there's a bunch of vendors selling, you know, like shirts and things like that, right? Mm. And the shirts were so nice. Here, I'll, I'll show you. Like, normally, t-shirts... Normally, t-shirts, uh, especially at tourist place, I think the fabric's usually kind of shit. But this, I felt like the fabric was really good. And the design the design wasn't sewed on. It was, like, weaved in, if that makes sense. So, it's not, like... So you know how some shirts you um, print, like, a design on it? Or you sew a design onto it? But this one is, like, weaved into the shirt. Like, as they built the shirt, the design was built into it. Oh, yeah. Right? It's actually pretty nice. So, like, it will never wear off because this is literally white white inside of black kind of thing mm. right um but this was the best to, uh, clothing i found in all the philippines and it was the first day we were there so i bought like three or four of these and after i was like oh you know i don't want to spend all my money in one place right yeah. like, we'll, we'll go isn't somewhere else supposed, isn't there also supposed to be a quote or a phrase where like you also shouldn't spend your money on the first thing you see yeah 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 that's that was exactly my mind right there's mm. all these nice things there and they're like these shirts were the cheapest and best quality of my entire trip. Oh, damn. But it was the first place we went to. So I was like, oh, I'll, 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 I'll just buy a couple. And then, you know, the next place we go to, I'll buy some more, right? Like, I'm sure I don't have to spend all here. And like, there's only these designs. Right? I want to yeah, see yeah. other designs too. Uh, unfortunately, like nowhere else could compare. So I didn't buy any other like shirts and stuff after that. I was like, God damn it. If this came later in my trip, right uh-huh. like if it came like a week later a couple of days later i would have yeah. been like oh i'll buy more so like i don't have the opportunity later right so i'll buy as much yeah, as i can yeah, now yeah. right uh so unfortunately how that many happened. shirts were you looking to buy <clears throat> well it was like it's really nice souvenirs yeah like if i got this for like my friends or like my family and stuff like that because they're so cheap they're like about i want to say like three to four bucks for one of these yeah, that is really Three to cute. four CAD for one of these shirts. And I felt like these is like really high quality shit. So yeah, it's not like, bad. It actually feels pretty nice. Yeah. So I was like, fuck. I felt so I was like telling Tristan, have you seen any more of these while I'm gone? Because Joyce stayed for three weeks and I was only there for two weeks. Oh, really? She's, she's still there? Uh, no, no. She's back now. But she, oh, she stayed you... an extra week. Right. Uh, I was like, yo, have you seen anything else that's pretty fucking good? Like, like the same shirt as we found. But I don't think she found anything similar. I was like, damn, all of the areas we've been to that was the best one we found i was like god damn it and and i think this tourist place not a lot of people go to too so i was like well i guess it's pretty lucky we even went to this place was it like a smaller town that you first hit uh no it was like a lighthouse like it was like a giant lighthouse and then at the bottom of it oh uh, that's so cool yeah at the bottom of it they have these vendors but there wasn't many and there wasn't like a lot of traffic like we didn't see a lot of people come in and out of this area so i was like oh it's not that popular right do the lighthouses there look the same? Uh, so because they're Spanish colonial, it's more like Spanish style ar- architecture, mm. right? So using um, like shingles, like you know the Spanish shingles, yeah. and then the flooring using that like tile, the, yeah. the Spanish tile. So it's I think anything that's kind of touristy you, it was more Spanish influence. Cool. Because I I don't know like everywhere else around again it's just like Vietnam it's just normal. Filipino buildings just it's just whatever there's, there's nothing special to it right so like the touristy stuff is usually the Spanish colonial things and then one of the first days we were there we went to this beach um but okay so this is like maybe me being a bit more shell-shocked with this stuff but we stayed at near this beach and the hotel there was like decent like it was clean but they don't have a lot of good insulation right so there's not a lot of like sound barrier we were like right next to the beach 
And dude, that night, the wave sounds so scary. Oh, like, yeah. It sounds like a beast outside your door. Yeah. Just screaming in. Like crashing. Yeah. Because like- <clears throat> it was windy that night, too. Like, I think it even rained that night. So it was like, not like a crazy storm, but a little stormy. Mm. And the the waves, I was like, dude, this is a fucking nightmare right now. Like, it sounds so scary. That's pretty like, scary, huh? I was lucky it was kind of early on the trip. So I fell asleep pretty fast because I was still jet lagged. Mm-hmm. But like when you wake up and you just hear that like crazy crashing, I was like, damn, that's kind of spooky. Because I feel like us being landlocked and not being close to the ocean, we're not very familiar with how terrifying the ocean can be. Mm. And I think I learned that most when I went to Hawaii. Because when I went to Hawaii, I was like, oh, you know, I'll go swim or scuba di- or um, not scuba diving. What's the other thing with the snor- snorkeling? Mm. But hearing from locals saying like, hey, you know, don't. Uh, don't ever doubt like how strong the ocean is, right? Like you got to watch where you go. There's like rip currents and all this stuff. I feel like ever since interacting in, interacting with Hawaiians, I have like a newfound respect. I was like, okay, if these local people are scared of this shit, I should be very wary of it because I'm never really near the ocean. Yeah. So I don't truly understand how powerful it can actually be, right? I agree. Yeah. I think I like growing up, whenever I would go to BC, yeah. I'd go to this island <clears throat> every once in a while called Quadra Island. Yeah. So it's a little bit further out. It's really close to Vancouver Island. Yeah. And on that island, it's so small. And you can hear all the waves crash into the side of yeah. the island because the place I would stay, it was right along the edge of the cliff. Right. And so you would always hear all the water like crash into the the side of the island, basically. And then it was so scary. I, I feel like if you're not used to it and you don't live near there, like for me, I was like, this is a little terrifying. Like mm-hmm. if I heard that during the day and I'm going to the ocean trip and it was a windy day, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is, you know, a windy stormy day with near near the beach, right? But at nighttime, it's like a whole nother thing because it's like all dark and it's just crashing. I was like- You don't see anything. Dude, I was like legit, this is how you could murder someone and no one could hear it. Yeah. You could literally murder someone. No one could hear it. You could just, you know, dump their body somewhere. No one could see you too because it's so dark. And it's so spooky. I was like, there's some next... Uh, freaky. Yeah, it's kind of spooky. Um, and then also on the trip, we went to 100 Islands. I think it's I think it's a very famous... I, I think it's like one of the U- U- UNESCO thing. 100 Islands... Uh, not this one. Not, not Canada. Oh, no, it is. No, this is the Philippines one. It's it's pretty much just a bunch of islands off the coast of one of the major places. And then you just take a boat ride to different islands. Each island has like a different excursion. But they call it 100 islands. But honestly, like some of these, like this small little thing, they consider it as one island. Yeah. So that's how they have 100. But I think in reality, only like maybe 30 or 40 of them. Or I think I, probably even less. I think probably 30 of them. You can actually go on it and like do stuff on it. Yeah, so we went... Um, it's called explore yeah so there's always excursions at every island and they'll just drop you off and you just pay for the excursion stuff mm-hmm. and then there's one that's helmet diving you ever do that helmet diving so, so they put a helmet on you sea walking yeah kind of yeah 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 oh i did do that yeah it's so, so like they always pump air in so yeah. like the, the water never goes up it was kind of cool because they had these giant clams or whatever and you touch it and it closes but it's like really soft it was, it was really cool and uh, oh, they had How a bunch of like, like fish it was cool it was a unique experience definitely like i like doing those experiences especially in somewhere like philippines because it's so much cheaper like if you did that same experience somewhere in like the states it would cost like two or three times as much i agree uh so we also went jet skiing i've never been jet skiing before that was really fun 
it was cool like i didn't realize how hard it is so like i think the max i went up to was like 60 kilometers an hour but like how high. crazy wobbly it gets after like 50 like if you turn it a little bit you're like fuck like you're like flying sideways and shit mm. uh so it was fun though and then i feel like also from doing that i have like a newfound respect of people that go uh big wave surfing because like they have to get towed on a jet ski through like rough waters to these crazy waves I was like, damn, just the, and like the people to control the jet ski so they can like park them right where the wave's about to start and then like fly off. I was like, dude, these people with the jet skis are actually like kind of X game type of stuff. You know what I mean? Extreme sports. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, damn, this is jet skiing is not easy at all. Um, Sick. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. And then uh, I'm trying to think of any other highlights of my trip. It was mostly eating. Like I gained 10 pounds for my trip, which I was pretty... Yeah, I was, I was pretty happy about it. Like, two weeks, 10 pounds is pretty good. Uh, I think I'm already, like, five or six pounds down from that. But it's good because I want to... Like, I've, ever since coming back from my trip, I've been doing a new workout. I want to gain more strength. And that always comes with, like, a little bit of weight. So, if I've already packed on a little bit, it's kind of easier. Yeah, so, it was eating a lot. And I feel like this was one of the rare trips where I was like, okay, I'm going to fully let myself eat whatever. Because sometimes in the trips... It sounds kind of dumb, but I'm a little self-conscious still. So I'm still like, oh, it's already past nine or something. I, I don't really want to eat. I'll just eat tomorrow morning or something like that, right? But with Joyce's family and all that, I was like, okay, I'll just fully embrace being a complete glutton and just eating whatever they like give me and just like eating at whatever time they also eat at just to not be weird, right? Because usually, it sounds bad, but like usually when I'm with Joyce, I'm like, oh, I, like, I'm not that hungry right now, so I don't really want to eat. We'll go eat later. Weird. Um. Yeah, yeah, and then typically, especially if we go like France or, or like Europe and stuff, I was like, man, it's kind of it's not that cheap. So you know, let's just eat like a nice meal later and like you know starve a little bit now, kind of thing, or just yeah. grab like a small snack, right? But in the Philippines, they were like eating all the time, so I was like, whatever, fuck it, I'll just eat with you guys. Like literally all the time. I was like, I ate at like one p.m. and then like at four p.m. I was like, oh, you want to eat? I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I literally just ate. And then, like, still alive here? Yeah. And then again, Damn. like at eight p.m., they're like e- they're like eating again. I was like, man, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty sick. And usually the other thing I do, uh, so like subconsciously, I always don't like getting sweet drinks because I was like, oh, I'll just get water, right? Like like sugar is not that good for me and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this is the time I was like, okay, I'm gonna try everything. I want to try everything. I want to try all the drinks once, right? Mm-hmm. So like there, they don't have. Or they do have Fanta, but it's not as popular. They have something called Royale. Or, or, or no, it's called Royal, I guess. And it's just like orange pop, like Fanta, right? I was like, oh, I can't want to try that. Their, their Coke there is actually different too. Uh, it just tastes different. I, I don't mm-hmm. know how to explain it. It tastes less sugary. I guess that's why when you go to like Vegas, you can try all the different like Cokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That too, that too. And then, oh, really? It's less sugary? I would have. I have no, nothing to base it off of. But if I were to guess, I would have guessed that Filipino drinks would be more sweeter. Uh... I'm not sure about all the other drinks, but for sure the Coke was less sugary. The alcohol there is about the same. They have this like one drink. It's called San Miguel and they have like San Miguel apple and it tastes kind of like an apple cooler, but it tastes way better than like our ice, like our Smirnoff coolers here and all that shit. I don't think they taste that good. Yeah, I, I think I think they taste really bad here, but yeah. that, that one tastes really good. It literally tastes like apple juice with like only a small hint of oh, alcohol. Yeah, oh. it was really good. Uh, and then... I've never had this, but I guess it's a thing. Uh, you've had Mogu Mogu. It's a it's a drink with like lychee and coconut pieces. Yeah. And and they sell it everywhere here too. But I guess it, they sell it a bit more there, and I really liked it. You've never had this. I've never had it. 
what I what I like the best with this is when I mix this with my BC double A's and it tastes even better. Oh my god! I was like, this That's is crazy. Next level. Imagine if you mix your colt into that too. My what? Your colt. Oh, that's what I did. That's actually what I did. We had like the little Yakult and then the Mogu Mogu, and I like mixed the two together. Well, that sounds like it tastes awesome. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Also, I had, um, have you ever had like tamperin? Like, like the actual fruit? Yeah. Like just straight up ate it? Yeah. Isn't it like really sour? Yeah. I, I, it kind of depends. Like, or are you talking about, can you switch it up? I don't know if I've tried the. Real version or like the fresh version, or if I just tried the dried version. Um. Oh yeah, I've tried it. The I'm fresh version looks more time. green, and it's really, it's really really tart. It's super tart, and they literally eat it raw there. It was so sour. It was oh, like shit. crazy sour, and yeah. and and they dip it in vinegar to eat it too. God damn! I was like, dude, this is way too much. Well, it kind of reminds me of when I last went to Vancouver. <coughs> my aunt was peeling some pomelos for me, and she was dipping it in vinegar and chili. It was like just vinegar and chili oh. and salt. I was like, "What the hell?" So at home, we or my parents eat pomelo with chili and salt. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. It's some combo like that, mm-hmm. and that's pretty good. I had some mangosteen too there. It was really good. Oh shit. The mangosteen. I don't know. It was just like a lot of good fruits. I don't know. Like whatever fruit there is is pretty good. A lot of like fresh fish too. They have a lot of fresh fish. Like they oh, literally go to the fish market and buy fresh fish and bring it home to like cook. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think the, the Filipino way, it's either they put it in soup or they just like fry it. Like not deep fry, but like 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 under fire, like like coal or something like that. Mm. And they'll just fry both sides. Oh my God. That sounds so good. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I was also lucky because I felt like I had a very... um local experience because Joseph's family is like lo- is, 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 is local there um so like i did try like jollibee and all the other stuff but most of the time i had pretty local food <clears throat> that's like a very special way to experience a new place to be able to try what the locals try and yeah eat, like how the locals eat yeah 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 so i was i was definitely lucky for that and then obviously going to places like the best part of the trip is i didn't have to plan shit mm-hmm. i just show up and they're like okay let's go here let's go here right? i was like okay good like I, I didn't really have much expectation too. I just like, okay, I just want to eat good food and just see cool stuff. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I kind of like go there with a blank slate and just like whatever you guys provide, I'll just make that of, of the trip. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of nice because most of the trips, I always have to do a lot of planning, which is quite a bit of work. Uh, my next trip, actually I'm, I booked a tour too. So I don't have to do any planning also, which is you booked the tour for your entire trip. Yeah. So they'll pick Whoa. me up at the airport and then they'll drop me off at the airport before my flight. Oh, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. So my next trip uh, is Morocco. Mm-hmm. Going to Casablanca and all that stuff. And I booked a tour for the whole thing. I don't know. I was kind of like, I was debating of not doing it and just figuring myself. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, first of all, this is Africa, you know. It ain't Europe. It ain't, you know, Asia. I can't just like YOLO my way through this. It is true. You know, I look very Asian, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very easy target. Um, And then I was like, fuck it, like, I feel like this is going to be kind of nice. I'll just book a tour for the whole thing. They pretty much like cover all the transportation and all the hotels for the entire trip. Oh, that's awesome. And then all the experiences too. Like, so like excursions, you obviously have to pay more, but they'll bring you to the places. Yeah. And then it's just like for my next trip, it's just for the tour, it's just me, Joyce and the driver. Oh, that's sick. Right. So then we can just tell him like, Hey, we prefer doing this stuff and he'll just bring us to those things. Right. I hope you get along with your tour. <clears throat> 
I mean, I, I, I'll just slip him with some money, and I'm sure we'll get along a lot better. <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> As usual. Uh, but yeah, that was my Philippines trip while I was gone. That was about two weeks. And then when I came back, I was jet-lagged. And then soon after... Uh, How so bad was the jet lag? It wasn't too bad. I think it was like the only first two days was bad. Like the first day I slept really well. And then the next two nights, I just woke up at like 4 or 5 a.m. I just kind of fall back asleep. Mm. So then during work, I was tired. Uh, but I wasn't doing much at work. So it didn't really matter too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty chill for me. Uh, and then it was Chinese New Year soon after. And Chinese New Year's was just the the, the typical stuff. Um, I'm not sure how your family does it, but I have to wear like new clothes on Chinese New Year's Eve. Mm. And then... Like, it's just chaos at the temple, you know, me kind of helping, but I was like, oh, I'll help a little bit and then I'm going to dip. And then all these like other stuff, right? Like can't wash your hair. And then I'm, I'm, I'm also, ve- so if people don't know, I'm vegetarian for the 14 days of Chinese New Year's. So Chinese New Year's usually typically lasts, like the full celebration is technically for two weeks, I think, about two mm-hmm. weeks. And that's just because every day is something different. So for example, today we're recording this on the 16th of February and today on the Chinese calendar is, um, I think the 7th or something. And it's t- technically everyone's birthday, quote unquote. So you should be eating, really? yeah, you should be eating like noodles and um, lobako. So it's like a radish, radish cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then it's kind of annoying that I'm, I'm vegetarian. You know, there's a lot to kind of have to Not navigate. Eat. I like, I feel like people don't realize, but when you're vegetarian and you want to get one gram of protein per pound of your, like of, of your weight, mm-hmm. it's uh it's very hard. Like you're pretty much just eating that stuff. Like you're just eating tofu and stuff because tofu itself inherently already has like carbs and other stuff in it. Yeah. So you're literally, I'm literally just eating tofus and egg and like nuts and, and stuff shit. like that. Yeah. yeah. Just to get enough protein. So I kind of feel bad for all the vegetarians out there. I'm like, guys, you guys are literally protein deficient. Yes, but fucking vegetarian food from the temple tastes so good. Yeah, but it's not... Not that's our carbs. Not high enough in protein, right? Yeah, that's true. So like during the week, I'm just packing on protein mm. as much as possible, uh, which makes it kind of annoying. Also, uh, what else did I do? That's new. I feel like I did a lot in the last like four weeks. To be honest, other than my trip, I oh Viv saw the new radio I saw in my car. It's pretty sick. Yeah, that's pretty sick. It looks really <coughs> seamless. Yeah, it's literally. Uh, I think most new cars kind of have like a tablet. I feel like mine is even more customizable than most of the car's tablet now. So like mine's literally like an Android tablet. Like yeah. there's no other, like I pretty much bypass all the other stuff. I literally use it like a tablet. I can like go on the Play Store, download apps. You can watch movies on there if you want. Uh, and then that's pretty sick. I literally took work from home time to like do that. So like one of the days this week I was working from home. I was like, you know what? Hey, let's real. Unless somebody's like, insanely busy no one actually works for the entire eight hours consistently true when they work from home true it was solid and i mean even at work work like when i'm physically there i'm not working the whole time yeah i think right now um because i'm loaned off to a different group and my boss of this different group is very happy with my progress already i was like dude i'm doing in my opinion i'm doing dick all but i guess like this is the dick all work he doesn't have to do Mm. right so he's already really happy about that um, so it's cool because like some of the stuff I'm working on, he actually wants to implement into the company really soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then every time I kind of complete something, he'll give me a new one and I'll complete that. So like 
my scope started with like this one thing and it's kind of grew to like three other things now. Right. And then my original group, uh, in mechanical engineering, they're like really low on work right now. So they're low on hours. So they're kind of happy that they're just like, Oh, pass them off to somewhere else to like yeah. grab the hours and use up. So that's good. And then my, like my actual boss just wants me to do some training too. So he's like, Hey, if you take a week to do this training, we'll just pay for that. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I'm just like trying to find the places to in like, in the back. He's just like, fuck, I have nothing for you to fucking <laughs> yeah, do. The legit. But like in a professional setting, you need yeah. to fucking give you something to yeah. do. Can you just like, if you need, if you take a month to do this, yeah. Yeah, 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 just, just do that. So pretty much he's, he's asking me to do, um, the simulation software training. Oh, cool. For this other, so like where, like the mechanical group and there's like the piping group, but technically that group's part of the mechanical group, but mm-hmm. we kind of separate at one point. So he's like, oh, I want you to train on their tools. So like you'll understand their stuff and then maybe you can be like a hybrid. I was like, sure, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm just like finding a course right now to do that because I was like, okay, I'll just fill my time with random shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also recently tried the sensory deprivation tank. Oh my God. So pretty much the last two weeks, <laughs> One, because uh, I've been very, you know, coming back from the trip, I was very busy the first couple of days, but then I saw my tasks, like my to-do list and like my notion and shit. I was like, man, there's so many shit I haven't done. Like, for example, installing my radio, I bought it like a little bit ago, but I just haven't had time to actually, I pretty much got it a week before my trip. I haven't had time to install it. So then I'm like, oh, well now I have some time and it's on my list. Like, let's actually go through this list and do all the stuff I'm supposed to do. So one of them was sign up for the sensory deprivation tank. It also helps that last week, uh, Joyce wasn't back yet. So I had the whole weekend <coughs> to do like anything and everything I wanted to do. Right. Uh, so I tried that out. It's very interesting. So I got nauseous a little bit. And because you can't see that you, you can't tell the time, I don't know how far in. Which but, location did you go to? The one on white? Uh, yeah, the one on white. About half. I felt like it was about halfway. I got a little bit nauseous because it starts getting stuffy in there. Yeah. Um. I so that. I had to like open the door so like vent out the air. Like the cool air makes me feel better. Yeah. Uh, so usually when I do get nauseous, like if if like I roll down the window in the car or something like that, it makes me feel like a lot better. Or like if I'm if I'm on a plane, I start feeling a bit oozy. I just like turn on the. the you open the window. <laughs> I wish I could. Uh. Yeah. So it was interesting. I don't know. Like what they say at the sensory deprivation tank place, they say that it takes a couple floats for you to really learn how to float properly and relax and really get into that mindset yeah so i felt like i wasn't really thinking of much on the first time and and i'm gonna go again uh, I, I pretty much signed up for like a membership so i have to go minimum for the next three months Oh shit. Uh, once a month for the next three months because the membership pardon how much was the membership it's uh 45 bucks a month oh, that's not bad. and then you get one float a month right so it's just like it's pretty much 45 bucks a float and you have to pay for three at once kind of thing but it's like monthly right uh, so I'll probably cancel after three just to be like, okay, I've tried it and then I'm going to digest it and then I'll see if I want to keep doing it. Right. Uh, so th- the first session was okay. Like I-, I didn't know what to think of. It felt really weird. So the one weird part is like, I'm late, I'm laying there and then you know how you kind of like sway a little bit. And then like, I kind of like touch the sidewall a little bit. Yeah. Right? And I was like, Oh, like I feel like, okay, if I touch the sidewall, he says like, just don't do anything. And you're just like float back to the middle. I know what you're gonna say, but then you go to the other side. No, 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 okay, no, 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 no. So <laughs> I was gonna say I had that issue. So I touch the sidewall. I don't do anything, and then I feel like I'm gonna flow back to the middle, 
But then it all of a sudden feels like I'm floating forever. Like I'm in space. Like, uh, like I'm floating in this direction forever, but I'm never touching anything. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, but after a while, like I said, I think midway through, I started getting a little nauseous. Yeah. Um, I think one is like it gets really stuffy because the door's closed. And I think the water's evaporating while you're in there and all that stuff. I really wish they, they have a way to like solve that issue. Like maybe like somehow vent some of the air out and like get some fresh air in. Mm. Uh, but maybe that's not a true experience. But I don't know. Like, I feel like being stuffy is not also a good experience. I either. can see that. I also had to crack the door open yeah. when I did yeah. that. But I think for my experience, I also didn't really like it so much. Oh. Because I kept, like, I couldn't relax my brain or my body enough to, like, stay in one position or, like, not co- consistently touch the walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I did stay still enough to, like, not touch anything. Yeah. I think I got, like, just too uncomfortable with stuffiness or yeah. just a feeling so i had to open the door and after i opened the door it, f- it feels like it takes away f- from the experience so, a little. yeah yeah for sure for sure so i think i don't know like i wasn't sure what to think and how to think they said like just like take thoughts or let them go don't force anything yeah um i don't know like i feel like the whole time i was thinking there i just thought like yeah i just gotta not be a dick and that's it <laughs> like, like, that's the only I can think of. like that's the only conclusion that came out of that the entire fucking air yeah be a dick, i was like oh you know i should be nicer to the people around me and then that was it that was the only thought <laughs> that was the only thought i retained from that session so i was like i'm not sure if this helps or not but i think going back to what i said last year i was like okay if i'm gonna try the experience i'm gonna truly try it so if this guy who's quote-unquote a professional at this says it takes three to like three to five times i'm like okay if i do at least three times I've done the minimum requirement to truly, to fully experience this new thing, right? Mm-hmm. Then after that, I can fully pass my judgment, right? I can be like, okay, I've tried it fully. I didn't just like, you know, dip my toes in it. I've, I've you know, committed some time, some Enough resources time. and some effort, just like yoga, right? I fully tried it. Then now I can pass my judgment and say that it's not for me or it is for me, right? Mm-hmm. So then at least later on, I'll be like, okay, I won't regret it. And when I talk to people, I'll be knowledgeable enough to say like, yeah, I've like I didn't just do it once, guys. Like I actually tried it and I actually went through with it, and I don't like it or I do like it, right? Yeah, to like form a, at least a solid yeah. opinion on it. Yeah, because I feel like I don't know. I feel like most people are like really quick to judge. Like they'll just try this one thing, and they'll be like, "Oh my god, this restaurant's so bad." But I was like, you know, maybe they had an off night. Yeah. Or you ordered maybe the worst thing on the menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe that, or maybe it was just it just wasn't right, or you know, the chef didn't feel himself that night you know what i mean like he wasn't feeling the great or something right yeah. but if you went like two or three times and then you say it's bad then i'm like okay like that's pretty that's pretty hard to fuck it up three times right like if you fuck it up once then i was like okay fine yeah twice maybe still give them a okay but three times i was like oh, like yeah, i agree that i agree yeah right so yeah Especially for a restaurant too yeah well i think most i don't know i want to say most things because I feel like uh, expectations and fears kind of builds into it too. So like if you go into an experience with some type of expectation and it doesn't meet it, then all of a sudden you're sad. But then maybe that's because of your initial expectation, right? And then you do the second or third time with a better understanding that maybe the experience becomes better, right? Mm-hmm. And then fear also comes into it. If you go into experience uh, being very afraid of it and then you do it, then that first experience, you're really relieved that you conquered that fear or something, or maybe you didn't conquer it. And then the second or third time, then you'll truly maybe get a more genuine experience i agree all right so then i was uh i, I will definitely try it 
well, I have to. I already paid, so I have to try it a couple more times. But we'll we'll see how it goes. I, the first session is literally just like, all right, just you know, be be nice to all your people around you, and that's all I got out of that session. <laughs> Do you think that was a forced thought and not something that naturally came to you? <clears throat> I, yeah, I'm not sure because uh, as much as he says like, oh, just let thoughts come in and out, and you know, don't try to hold on to anything. That's what the guy was saying. Mm-hmm. I was like yeah i don't know like maybe i held on to that one too much then right or like maybe that should have just passed or something what makes you like think that. you need to be nicer to the people around you uh i think about it all the time actually or not all the time but sometimes i get uh frustrated people because i think they're dumb but then <laughs> like i have to understand that not everyone's been through the same experiences as me right <laughs> so like like literally some people have not done the things i've done mm-hmm so it's like it's hard to like call them dumb. It's literally just lack of experience, and you can't really fault anyone for lack of experience. It's just life, right? Like they just get that experience. To an extent, right? Uh, so sometimes I, especially I feel like especially when I travel, I yeah. always think like, oh man, people like why don't they understand these things? But then I was like, well, the same thing is like I also go on like three or four trips a year, so it's kind of different from compared mm-hmm. to me and other people, right? I agree. Uh. And then, I don't know, it's just like, in general, I just feel like it's good to be not a dick to people, I guess. I don't know, it's it's not really to make people like me or anything. I don't think that's usually my concern. I think it's more so like, what you want others, or what you want to become, right? Yeah. So like, I think the integrity is like, doing something when no one's around. So you want to be good, not, not, okay, so like, when you watch videos of people filming of them doing like, good karma shit, it's kind of like this is kind of it's kind of dumb in, yeah. in, in my opinion it takes away I, from the main point yeah i was like if someone if someone on a security camera caught someone doing something good that's like oh that that's good right mm-hmm. that's just like that that person just did something that's right? integrity yeah but then when you just do it for like the fucking likes and views and shit i was like well that's kind of easy you're literally just farming that stuff right? the intention is a lot more lost yeah exactly so then um the whole point of me not being a dick is not like not because i care that much of what people think but it's just like i want to become a better person uh through and through Mm. not just as the viewpoint of others right that makes sense but i don't know like like that was just what i kind of thought of at the sensory deprivation maybe because i had nothing to think of that that's what kind of came yeah because i always wonder i was like i always wanted to go and i was like well am i gonna like is my brain gonna travel through space or something or am i gonna get really high like you know high without taking drugs like um oh yeah you ever, th- you ever hear about like holotrophic breathing and stuff where you oh, yes, you yes, get yes. high through that stuff so i was like whoa is this experience gonna be like really mind fucky and i'm gonna get really high but i was like no no that happened mm. <laughs> the only the only cool part was like the whole i pushed i didn't push but i bumped off a wall and it felt like i was traveling through space that's pretty cool that you were yeah. able to like relax your body enough to like yeah experience that enough to have that fully as a yeah ex- experience yeah yeah, yeah 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 it was cool and then and then right after that i was like oh you know what i'm gonna do something nice i'm gonna go i think pablo cheesecake is nearby mm, i was like, i'm gonna nice. go buy a cheesecake to bring it over to my grandma because we had to go see my grandma that night to yeah. get the the Lacey. yeah lacy and stuff i bought one and it was so small i was like i can't bring this this is so <laughs> embarrassing this is such a small it was, I got this for you. <laughs> it was 20 bucks like my whole family goes right yeah. so there's gonna be like 30 people there yeah. i was like dude this does not split 30 ways <laughs> right so i was like I, I can't bring this right wait when you saw it you you were like yes i still want to purchase this and bring so this i didn't know how big it was um until i ordered so like i think the ones in the display i wasn't sure which was which i thought they had like the i thought it was like an un- uncle tetsu size cake oh, yeah. 
But then when they brought it to me, I was like, dude, this this is not that big. You didn't you didn't tell her like, do you have a bigger size or this is this? That one? was that was the biggest one they had. Really? At that location, they only make it's twenty bucks for like something like this big. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, I didn't, like never going. Yeah, so uh, I was like, man, I was I was kind of bummed out. I was like, I was texting Joyce. I was like, man, I went to I went to Pablo and I bought this fucking cheesecake, and it's only it's twenty bucks, and it was only this big. And I, I like, I, I posted a picture. It was right next to the cleaning box. It was like half the half the cleaning box. <laughs> uh, but I kind of ate my words after because I tried. I was like, oh, this is actually really good though. <laughs> I was like, this is pretty pretty delicious cheesecake. I have to admit, it's not, like not your typical run of the mill cheesecake. So yeah. I do admit it was uh pretty pretty delicious. Like, Fuck! I tried to do something nice. Did yeah. you go and buy another one? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I was like, no, this isn't uh this isn't working out. <laughs> I'm just gonna go home Not today. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think Maybe I next time. I think I've done enough new stuff for one day. You know, I already went to the sensory deprivation tank. I'm not gonna be nice. Yeah, that's that's too much in uh in a single day. But yeah, that was that was me trying that new stuff. Um, and then other than that, I think what else happened? So this week, actually just today, Tara went for teeth cleaning and I think the quote for it was like 1500 to $2,000. And that was because, um, the doctor thought that he had a, like a cracked teeth that they might have to remove. Mm-hmm. And then they went there, they did the cleaning and it turned out to be like 800 bucks. Yeah. And they're like, oh, like he has four fractured molars, but apparently none of them are fractured deep enough to affect his like nerves or anything like that. So yeah. he like, there's no pain, but he's like, you guys got to stop giving him like the yak cheese and the shit that I'm trying to like, he's like, for him, you can't give it to him. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. well, because I, I used to always give him like yak cheese and stuff because I was always told like gnawing helps because it helps them like work their jaw muscle and clean the plaque and, and then shit. clean the plaque and stuff right there. So I was like, oh, and in my brain it always felt so natural i was like oh dogs always love gnawing on bones and shit like every commercial you see they're gnawing on something so i was like oh this feels like a very dog thing to do so i'm just gonna give it to them right but apparently for him i can't anymore because um he fucks up his teeth because he goes too hard on it (laughs) 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 yeah right this hurts so good (laughs) yeah exactly so i was like god damn it taro uh yeah so I found that out and I, I was pretty happy that it wasn't that expensive. Yeah. Do they have to do any actual repairs on it then? No. It's they said like maybe a year or two from now, if it gets worse, they might need to, but they said right now, just leave it in. It's fine as is. Why though? Um, It's just, fra- it's almost like, like you chip your teeth. Oh, but I it's see. not like it didn't hit a nerve mm, and like you can still enough. use it. Mm. So other than cosmetic, you won't ever do anything with that teeth. I see that makes right. sense. So for the dog, it's the same thing. Like it's fractured, like pretty much like a, if you imagine like a molar, like a side of it, a chunk of it kind of came yeah. off. But it, other than, because it didn't go deep enough, they don't expect him to feel any pain from that. So then they're like, oh, it's not, it doesn't really do anything. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, <clears throat> perfect for me, I guess. Did you get to see Taro under anesthesia? No, no, I've never seen that. So Taro's really weird. Taro is a piece of shit around me, but apparently when he's not around me, he's a pretty good boy. <clears throat> so like the vets, like the vet literally has on file that, oh, just bring him to the back and he'll be good. So like when I'm there and I'm like next to him, he'll like try to like bark at stuff. But as soon as they like take him away, he's like super quiet and like scared, I think is what I think. But he's like, oh, fuck. I'm a good boy, I swear. <laughs> yeah. So... 
so no, they never let me go in the back and see anything or like that. Right. So I was like, ah, fair enough. I think, I think maybe because I spoiled him or something, or maybe part of it, I think is because I spoiled him, but part of it, I also, I think he wants to like protect me maybe. Yeah. Um, Dad, these people are so scary. Yeah. So then, so then when I'm not there, he doesn't have, he may have less of that intuition to be a dick, I guess. Cute. Yeah. He's just a little boy. But yeah, I think that was most of my last couple of weeks. I'm trying to think of anything else. Like volleyball's been all right. Um, I'm still. I feel like my confidence in climbing has been so shit. Still, you've been traveling, or yeah, because I haven't climbed. Injury? I haven't climbed in a while. My injury feels pretty good now, but I just feel like <laughs> stuff I normally stick. I don't, but also because my hand calluses aren't back to normal yet. So like everything kind of hurts a bit more. So like my tips hurt a bit more. My my hand hurts a bit more. So I feel like that confidence is in there. But also, it's, I think a bit of it is like my self-expectation. Like I always expect myself, oh, I'm already, you know, a year into the sport. I should be better. But at the same time, it's kind of tough. Uh, like all my friends I go climb with are all like six foot or taller. So it's like, it's kind of rough to like compare yourself to that. Because it's like, some of it is they literally can just reach stuff I can't reach. Like yeah. some of it, I literally have to do like two or three more moves or like do something different and use more power just to reach the same thing they do, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, so part of it I know is mental. It's like I'm comparing myself with my friends who may have not climbed as long, but they just have a genetic advantage, right? But a part of me also have to think like, okay, that's not a good enough excuse though. I still have to try hard and stuff, right? So it's like a duality of that. And then the not getting the result is a bit of the frustration. Um, but I think like the old me would have just been frustrated and like angry. But I think the new me is like, not new me, but like, the older me is now like, okay, I understand why I'm feeling this. Yeah. I just have to work through it and figure it out myself. Or not like, myself, but like, you know, figure it out. Do you feel like some of the reward <laughs> comes from actually failing the way you are? Or not failing, but like not being able to figure out these puzzles as easily? Because like you go because you find the puzzles really fun to figure out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Actually, I think the most of the frustration come right now, I think, is because of a bit of, uh, I'm trying to find the right word, but it's not, it's kind of like anxiety. It's like, normally this hold, I would just go and grab it and just trust that I can get it, right? And then I'm more hesitant now, right? And when you're hesitant, you like slip more and you don't like anchor onto stuff better, right? Uh, and it's that, it's, part of it is that hesitation, uh, so I want to say like maybe 50, 60% of that is that hesitation that's kind of frustrating me. And then the other 40% is like me comparing myself to other people, right? Um, so like one of them, I already know how to fix. It's not even a big problem. It's just like, yeah, I'm not rightfully comparing myself. I just, you know, everyone learns and grows at their own pace, right? So that's the 40% is just, I just have to remind myself of that. But the other 60% is like that hesitation is just like, I need a little bit of that confidence back. I just need to like, Maybe go a little bit lower in level, get some climbs in, feel a bit more confident in my strength, my power, and then, you know, go for mm. some bigger holds and some bigger yeah. reach and some bigger power moves, right? Uh, and, and the other thing, too, is, like, I'm comparing it to my friends, but I literally took, like, three, four weeks off, right? And they've been climbing the whole time. So it's kind of hard. Like, I can't really um, treat myself like that. Like, I can't be so hard on myself for that, right? I agree. I think it's pretty hard when you play a sport or do some sort of physical activity that needs consistency in order for you to improve or yeah. even maintain yeah i mean 
like I feel like right now I have a bit of the fire to like get better at climbing, but I feel like that also takes away something. So I think recently I talked to our friend Ting and he's like, Oh yeah, you should do like plyos and stuff for volleyball and things like that. Right. But mm-hmm. I feel like the fire I had for volleyball is kind of like tempered a little bit. Is so, it? I thought it came back a little. Not really. I don't think so. So, um, I don't know. Like I'm maybe overconfident, but I'm really confident in my whole defensive game when I play. Mm. And then me just hitting a part of me is just like, fuck, I can't get through these like, six foot two guys blocking me and i was yeah. like i don't know if i can i don't know if that's something i can ever really do about it right and then i understand pile will help me jump higher and all this shit but part of me was also like man I, do i care that much like i don't know i i feel like i'm treating it maybe too much but as a sport that i just want to have fun now and not like be the very best anymore mm-hmm. right um, because I feel like, you know, at what I can do and the defensive side, I feel like I am very good, but I don't know. I, I think that fire kind of like is not in me as much to, to do that well. And especially not in me as much to do that well outside of the court. So like doing all the training and stuff, because I feel like my current training routine, I, I like, and I don't want to like kind of mess it up too much. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't know. It's like right now my training routine is like zone two cardio, a lot like really intense strength stuff, and then climbing and volleyball, right? And I feel like I have a really good balance. Like I literally work out twice a day, five six days a week, right? I was like, I can't get any more than this. Like this is max out, right? So it's like I was I was telling Tang, I was like, yeah, I could do plyo, but like remember everything I do, I have to take away from something else, and then I just have to like be very conscious about this, right? Yeah. So part of me, again, going back to I want to live forever, I know zone two training, weight uh, resistance training will increase my VO2 max and increase my potential of higher longevity. And plyo and volleyball specific stuff may not do that as much. Uh, So then I have to like, that's kind of my current mindset. I was like, okay, is that something I should do? And and, and the cool thing is climbing actually does kind of go into longevity. So better grip strength actually is like a weird metric for li- living longer. Really? Yeah. People with better grip strength tend to live longer. Oh, why um, is that? They don't understand it. So like they don't understand all the causality to it. Like, again, it's like, why is VO2 max uh, an indicator of living longer, right? Mm. You can kind of predict some stuff though. So VO2 max, it's like, uh, one thing Peter T always says is like, is that's the one thing you can't cheat. So, like, if you went to do a, P- a VO2 max test right now, Viv, and you don't really do any cardio, you won't have as great of a VO2 max. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's just a test that you cannot cheat. So, like, some metric, like weightlifting. If you just train really hard at weightlifting, in two or three months' time, you'll get really good and you can get into a really high level. But VO2 max takes, like, a long duration to get to build up to be really good at, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing they expect is that VO2 max, people with good VO2 max most likely have good discipline. They're training all the time. So that means they're probably doing a lot of physical activity and they're probably eating relatively healthy. So that's probably why they're living longer. So it's kind of like, it's a trend they see, but they don't completely understand why it leads to people living longer. But it's just one of the trends they always see, right? And then grip strength is the other one, like people with better grip strength. So what they suspect is that at older age, if you have a better grip strength, um, you prevent falls and falls at an older age usually lead towards death because you'll break something and then you can't move for a while and then you get fat and then like everything just kind of piles on after that right Right. Uh, and you're in pain you might take painkillers or something like that just a a lot of shit happens but 
higher grip strength they they this is what Peter Tia predicts right this is not it's not complete science it's just like this is a trend they see and he's just trying to see why he just thinks that yeah just better grip strength probably like you can catch yourself more easily if you're about to fall mm-hmm. um and if you I don't know are like in an unstable condition you can like catch the wall easier or you know like anything to prevent injury so like that the other thing is like injuries are the doom of you right especially at older age so at a younger age you can rebuild your muscle and tendons and stuff a lot faster but once you get old and once you lose muscles it's really hard to get that back um like significantly harder so like one of the big thing um is what he's saying is like you should avoid injuries like the plague if you want to live long like it's just a thing that will just kill you right Uh, and it's weird too because some of my climbing sessions i go into it and i'm just like okay just don't get injured today like it's okay if you can't do everything just don't get injured yeah um because i've had climbing injuries i think i've probably had just as much climbing injuries as i've had volleyball injuries but i've only done climbing for like a year and a bit and i've done volleyball for like four or five years yeah i was just gonna say i feel like in the last while you've gone in a lot more injuries yeah but i also think it's um the knowledge of the sport too so i think in volleyball if i was less careful in the beginning i would have got injured just the same amount as i did in climbing uh but volleyball kind of transferred from badminton quite well in terms of injury prevention Mm -hmm. So I prevented a lot of early injuries and then the later on in the sport, I feel like you understand your body relative to the sport. So then you're less likely to get injured later too. Uh, So I feel like if you've been through like four or five years and you haven't, you know, have any significant injuries, I feel like you're in a good position where you understand your body well enough that you probably won't. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then climbing is just like a different thing. I feel like, I feel like it's such a niche sport that works so many like weird things. Like most of my injuries is all like hand and wrist injuries that you don't typically have in other sports or even uh, resistance training. Yeah, I agree. So, I don't know. So then, I don't know, part of me goes back to like, okay, I can do all these things to get better at volleyball, but then I also have to think back like, hey, I really also want to just live longer and do these things that can help me live longer. And then I also think that, I, I still think this, I think one day volleyball may not be in my life or may not be significant in my life like mm-hmm. i actually even right now i think it's not that significant right now i play one play once a week we're a very chill team and it's just it's just fun like i treat it more like a social event than like yeah. a physical activity right now yeah and at least the way i treat it right now it's like it's pretty fun it's just i just enjoy have a good time and see people i don't see every week and it makes me appreciate them a bit more that i'm not that com- competitive yeah right uh, so because of that, I was like, man, there's a lot of upside to not getting too into it. But I also see why people think that. So like if volleyball was my only sport, I probably would try to get way more competitive into it. But because I have you know other sports, uh, other physical activities, then it's like, oh, I'm kind of just juggling through these. Yeah, I can see that. But it's, it's, it could be bad too because I'm like not, you know, getting really good at this one thing. I'm just trying everything, right? But being a generalist camp isn't that bad too. It's like- I Support generalists. Yeah, yeah. Do you find it interesting or do you find that your hands go under a lot more strain because you play volleyball and you do lifting yeah. and you also do climbing? And so you're a lot more prone to hand injuries? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hand injuries, I I feel like those were the two worst sports to combine is climbing. Actually, it could be the two best or the two worst because uh, the one thing with climbing is you're always, uh, I don't know what the word is, is it retracting or whatever you're like always gripping right Mm -hmm. and then in volleyball when you block it's always pulling the other way oh right so so one doesn't help the other Mm. right so like 
if I'm always gripping, if I pull back, I'm never going to use a pullback move in in uh, climbing. Yes, right, because you don't you're not gripping anything at that point, right? Um, and then additionally, in volleyball, you're always jumping. In climbing, you use your legs, but not like that. Like you use your legs for stability, right? So then um, it actually becomes very counter, counter the the sports kind of counter each other because you actually don't want a lot of weight in your lower body in climbing uh, because that's just more weight you have to pull up. Yes. That doesn't significantly help you go up, right? But then volleyball, you want strong legs. You want big, strong legs. So you can jump higher and reach, you know, and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're actually, I feel like they're two very contradictory sports that don't really complement each other well. But that being said, I do think that having really good grip strength could potentially help in like in in setting so like if i have the ball and my finger strength is just strong enough my finger and wrist strength is strong enough it's easier for me to push Mm. that's the only benefit i see though because that pushing even that pushing motion you rarely use in climbing more of like the gripping for a pass like if you do an overhead pass and you have to like kind of grip the ball and push it out the first move is kind of climbing but the second move that push is never in climbing Mm, right you can see that so then it's kind of like the two sports are very it's like the worst two sports to get into so if like in a way because i feel like <clears throat> if you played two sports that both use the same hand movements then you could very easily overstrain mm, your yes or yeah. strain your hands true but if you did for example i know a lot of people in volleyball play badminton those are two very complementary sports yeah. because they both use very similar muscle groups and very similar um hitting technique where there's like a lot of snap a lot of wrist motion and then a lot of wind back mm-hmm. and then the feet and then the reaction time too all of that is very very similar in both sports uh in fact i think in badminton you probably need better reaction time so a lot of people that play badminton that end up playing volleyball i feel like they're really good at passing because they can do the minute adjustment last second to like uh, get yes. a pass right yes um i feel like i still had some of that from back from badminton but i haven't played badminton forever and I used to have such like fiery passion for for badminton. I wasn't like really good, but I, like I played like three four times a week. Yeah. Uh, but like one part that kind of sucked was that I played like with a bunch of like older guys that were like pretty good still. Mm-hmm. Um. So like the social aspect wasn't there. So like mm-hmm. I, I think the volleyball social aspect kind of drew me to volleyball a bit more. Um. And then I I also think that badminton's very more so egotistic sport like it's literally i beat you yeah right whereas volleyball is like my team beat your team yes right um so then a bit of that is a little bit toxic in certain communities okay so then i was like oh mm, i'll just do this other sport where i have a bunch of friends and stuff right so i'm glad i got into it and it was like random that i got into it but i'm glad i did and then i don't know kind of evolved to something else too right like for me, like it evolved from me being super competitive to now being not so competitive, but then, you know, doing a different sport and stuff. Like I feel like the most competitive I am right now is just like me against myself. Like me against... Damn, what me, a line. Well, it's like me against <laughs> raising my VO2 max and shit. Yeah. Right. So like right now, my best feeling is when I do a zone two workout and my whole body's in sweat after. Mm. It's like, oh shit, I got a solid workout and I'm so happy about that, right? And then in my mind, I'm just like, if I do this every day or if I do this four times a week, every week for the next like six months, I'm going to be a beast after, right? Uh, so like, that's like literally my mentality right now. I was like, okay, how do I become a better version of me from mm. six months from now? Have you noticed any changes ever since starting mm. these VO2 training stuff? 
Not really. Like, maybe I get less tired during rallies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's would be about it. Like, I definitely think I can more confidently say that I can probably outrun most of my friends. Oh shit! Outrun. Based yeah, yeah, distance. yeah. Not, not like, not like a burst, not like a sprint, but like if we were all to like gather and be like, "Hey, go run five k," and my friends who don't normally run, I feel like for sure I can beat them. And then my friends yeah. who do normally run, I think I can. I don't think I can beat them, but I think I can keep up. Right? Like I think I won't be that far behind them now. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure. Like we obviously not tested that, but it's kind of nice because I feel like. Okay, at least compared to most fat fucks out there and normal people out there, I can probably like run, outrun them if I had to, right? Um, like I'm not I'm not a marathon runner or anything like that, but I feel like I have a sufficient enough stamina now. But also, I feel like the first couple months I wasn't doing it right. I wasn't uh, putting enough intensity into it for VO two. Yeah, for yeah, for, well, running. for specifically my zone two training. But even my zone five training, I think I haven't been putting enough effort into it. Um, but I think that's like there's nothing you can do about that. I think that's like a like you didn't get it right the first time, just like do it. Again. It's kind of like workout. Like compare your workout from the very first time you worked out to now. I feel like it's evolved probably so much, yeah. right? So I think that's the same with that, right? Like I've never really done VO two specific training, and now I've just started, right? So I feel like right now I feel like I'm doing really well compared to like two months ago but probably two months from now i'll be like oh i'm so much better than like my technique and the way i'm doing the workouts probably gonna be even better right so like that stuff i was actually kind of exciting like i want to say back then if i had like realms of inspiration for physical um like physique or physical abilities it was like gym volleyball and like maybe badminton and stuff kind of changed but now it's like i'm pretty inspired to do more stuff at the gym and then climbing and then volleyball is a bit lower, right? <clears throat> so, I mean, it, it it doesn't mean in a couple months from now I won't get super inspired to, like, play better volleyball. But just right now, I'm just like, eh, not caring too much right now. The other nice thing is, like, I feel like everything I've done kind of really complements uh, my knee pain prevention. Like, I haven't had knee pain in, like, six, in six months. Yeah. I feel like obviously number one is that i play less so that's obviously gonna help right but two it's like i've been consistent on my like stability training for my like hips and knees and like the whole chain i guess like from foot to back right i've always been doing those like pretty much between sets i always do these stability exercises um and i feel like that's really paid dividends over the last like year like i've been doing it consistently for like one year plus and then i feel like now you kind of reap a little bit of the benefits but it's one of those things it's like you got to keep doing it yeah right or, or you get fucked so i don't know it's 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 nice um but i don't know it could just be like my free frequency of play like maybe if i just play more it'll come back but so far like it's been consistently not there the the, the knee pain so it's kind of nice because back then that would be the one factor the one factor that stopped me from like i'd be very hyped up to play more volleyball but that's the one thing i was like oh fuck but my knee hurts right but now it's the opposite and i was like i'm not that hyped up but now also my knee doesn't hurt anymore so yeah now you have your hand yeah yeah my hands my hands been a big fucking injury prone area for me so i'm very like conscious. that's why like i also feel like that's what contributes to the hesitation 
but also my mindset right now is like every every climbing session is like okay just 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 don't just don't get hurt just don't get hurt you'll get better just you know try hard moves do crazy things but don't like push yourself over the edge like yeah. i feel like the more you can define your edge um the easier one it is to not go over the edge but two to push the edge right so yes. if you go just to the edge then you can push it for the next session right but if you don't know your edge if that edge is a very blurred line then that's when you're more prone to hurt hurting yourself and you're also more prone to not improving efficiently uh so it's like every session i was like okay like find that edge learn that edge get better and then push that edge yeah and and actually my current workout is really it's the three by five workout if you've uh, i've got inspired by andrew huberman and andy galpin they had a podcast about it and then andrew huberman andrew huberman he had a huberman oh, lab recently. clips so he had a huberman li- huberman lab clips i think is what it's called so it's just a snippet of what he's talking about and he recapped this three three by five thing and it's cool because it came out i think yesterday but i was thinking about this for like two weeks before it even came out so what he was saying is like he thinks everyone should incorporate this like three by five workout eight to 12 weeks per year so like you don't have to do it all the time but it's just like you just incorporate this to gain a lot of strength and then you can go back to your hypertrophy and all the other stuff but just this just to gain a lot of strength so then when you do go back to the hypertrophy workout you can do it at a higher weight and the the workouts are quite simple um three to five work three to five workouts per per day or per session um three to five sets for three to five reps uh, resting three to five minutes between doing this three to five times a week right so it's it's kind of a range thing but the whole point is like lowish reps lowish sets just to gain strength and don't even think about hypertrophy like don't even think about burning anything out um and and that will give you more gains and what andy galpin's kind of saying is like like people who train like really at a high level they don't want to actually feel sore after there it's actually yeah. better for them not to feel sore um you can't get back to the training as quick. exactly so so he's saying like this will just help you gain just strength just straight up strength like fuck muscle size mass any of that just pure strength right um so i'm pretty excited because i literally just started i'm like two weeks in and the one workout i found i'm not sure if it's exactly what he was talking about because the whole three three by five thing is very general right three by five workouts three by five so they they don't even say exactly what workouts but they say generally more compound movements right so you get more 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 muscles and stuff um so my workout is so they didn't lay out like a specific no nope, nope. it's just like a guideline right and then the one i found online which i like a lot right now is uh just day a day b yeah. right uh you do that three again three to five times a week kind of like up to your schedule day a is squat bench bent over roll and dips uh weighted dips so the first three is all three sets five reps and then the last one dips you do as many reps as you can um but if you do over eight you start putting weights and then more and more weights kind of thing right and then every time you do that day A, you increase all your stuff by 2.5%, right? Uh, and then what they expect is they'll probably expect that you keep increasing for about eight weeks. And then that's probably when you probably plateau and then you can't, right? And then you have to de-load de- 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 after that. Which do you de-load by? Uh, I have no idea. But uh, like you said, he, like what Andrew was saying is like, 
you just do this once a year and then you go back to your normal shit and then next year you know you do it again right mm-hmm. just just for like getting strength a higher base strength right yeah. a day b is squat military press deadlift and then pull-ups same thing with the dips right add weight stuff like that uh same three sets five reps uh, so far, I'm two weeks in, and I have successfully increased like two and a half percent each time, which is really good. Yeah, um, but I also kind of like tempered my expectation a little bit. So like, I knew I could do like two plates of squat three by five, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna start a little lower than two plates. I'm gonna work my way in. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. Um, and then everything else, like surprisingly, I've never benched this much before. So like, I'm already at. I think the most I've benched before was like about 150. I'm at 160 now. Right, and then after today's session, I was like, "Oh, I can definitely get to 165 next session." Like, I, I, can, I definitely feel like I had more juice in me yeah. for the next session. Awesome. Um, deadlift. I don't normally do deadlift. That's why I was like asking a little bit about like form because like I want to make sure I get that form solid. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then what all the deadlift is it? Just I don't know. Just it just says deadlift. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna search for the most generic deadlift, like not any special one. Just yeah, just a conventional deadlift. Um, and then I just like looked at a video. I was like, okay, this is how you get perfect form. I was like, okay, I'm just trying to like replicate that as much as possible. So deadlift, I kind of like sandbagged a little bit too. I kind of started lower weights because like, I want to make sure I get the form and yeah. like not fuck that up. Right. But like bench, military press, bent over row. I all, I know the form for all of those. So I'm just yeah. going to like, I know what weight I should start at. Uh, and it's nice because I have been increasing even my, uh, I normally never do weighted dips. I usually just do dips. Like I just do as much as I can. But now it's nice because I've been doing like, it's not much, but I've been weighted to like 15 pounds right now. And I, oh. and I did 15 pounds for like 12 uh, reps. I was like, yeah. oh, I can definitely go to 25 for eight reps. And then after that, I was like, I, maybe I can even do like 35 for like five reps, right? But like, I'll see week after week. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I can't do a single weighted, single dip. I think uh, I had I had a big problem with dips before. I actually hate dips before. Um, Even in climbing, I hate any of this like tricep mantle movement. Yeah. For me, uh, I like bicep movements. So like like holds that you use your biceps to like hold yourself. I'm really good at And then my friends aren't that good at But my friends are really good at the dip one. Oh shit, that's so yeah. hard. Yeah, the dip one I feel is very hard. But yeah, I've been doing that workout. Um, I'll see how it is. I, I personally currently really like it because one, I feel less tired after because you're not doing like all these crazy number of reps. I just feel less tired. Like I'm just not as like usually before i went on my trip after a gym day i was like dead i was like i just want to go home eat and then literally just sleep like i can't do anything anymore i can't even think right but now i feel like dude i could do another one of these sessions if i wanted to like i feel i feel so i feel so good about it and then the whole point of that session is also not to like hit like crazy max like you're not supposed to feel that tired and stuff yeah um like i feel tired like soon after the workout like i'm not sure if you ever felt this but like after like five reps of deadlift like I feel a little wobbly. I was like, I feel a little lightheaded right now. You know, and you like get a second wind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. You feel fine. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you, you like yeah. kind of sit down a little bit, let your blood flow, you know, to where it needs to go, get your brain right, right, and then yeah. you, and then you go for the next one, right? But it feels good because like that, I, I like. But then after the whole session, I don't feel as tired as my previous workout. Oh, that's very sick. Yeah, my my previous workout was a lot of reps, and I was like, all right, I want to truly focus on strength, and I think this is the way to go. So yeah, it feels good because back then I would actually only some, some weeks I would only work out twice a week cause I was so tired. Um, and I had all these other, other commitments and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. But now I feel like, for example, tomorrow I have to go climb. Usually I don't actually do any workouts after climbing cause climbing is pretty strenuous. Yeah. 
but I'm probably going to do another workout after climbing because I don't feel as tired throughout the week. You're able to. Yeah. So it's kind of like the whole thing they're saying is like, oh, you don't want to tire yourself out from your sessions so you can have more sessions a week. I Mm -hmm. feel like that's very true. Like I'm literally having minimum plus one session compared to before. Yeah, I definitely heard that the frequency that you lift and activate a certain muscle group definitely helps. Yeah. A lot, probably a lot more than putting it under a lot of strain. Yeah. And the other thing about the whole workout, the the three by five thing is like you're doing big compound movements so you're literally like maximizing strength like yeah you're not worrying about any of the small muscle you're literally just maximizing your biggest muscles uh, as much as possible so yeah i'm, I'm pretty excited some body movements in it too which is pretty sick or like the pull-ups or whatever yeah i think yeah it's cool because it was cool because i was literally thinking and trying to I, like literally before this clip came out i was telling other people I was like hey you should try this just for like eight weeks like eight weeks a year just try it out and then huberman came out with his clip and he was saying the same thing i was like holy fuck that's so cool sometimes i swear when i see the uploads that dr huberman puts up i'm like how do you know this is what i've been thinking about for the last yeah. while yeah literally so many topics i'm like what the hell yeah that's crazy i i really like the like I feel like he's not well known yet, but I feel like he's gonna he's gonna get there. Uh, yeah, Doctor yeah. Andy Andy Galpin. Uh, yeah. He just seems like I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. So like, there's certain doctors I feel like are too ripped. If, if you know what I mean. So like, I feel like when I see uh, a doctor that's too ripped, I'm like, okay, I know for sure you work out, but I feel like you uh, you must take something. Like, I feel like you're doing something that other people don't do. That's just getting you way far ahead. And like maybe other people don't have this resource to actually do it. I'm not saying steroids, but maybe the some peptides or something that you know more about because you're smarter and you have the resource and you have the contacts, right? But Dr. Andy Galpin, like when he talks and like when you see him, you're like, oh, like this is this is one of us. Like this is just a normal guy who just wants to like help people max min strength and and performance. I was like, this is like a bro kind of thing. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have his own podcast, but he's on a lot of other people's. Yeah, yeah. He's. I think he's big with. Uh, I think he wants to start his own. Th- I think he's been encouraged by other people to do his own thing. Uh, so I think he is starting his own thing um, soon, and I think it's just the way he talks and the information he gives. It's kind of like, hey, I understand that. You're not in the gym all the time. You don't have all these research papers. You can't do all this stuff. So I'm going to give you like the best method to get to where you want and try to make the path like simple for you. I was like, damn, I, I kind of like his methods and his uh, technique, but I, I could be biased too. So I don't know. Yeah, I like, I really like his stuff. His, um his info's pretty high up there. If you guys want to learn about that shit, dude, Andy Galpin, Andrew Huberman. I, I always feel like, if Andrew Huberman or Peter Atia uh, advocates for them, I'm like, okay, these guys I trust that they they want to like, they shit. yeah, they know their shit and they want to max spin their shit, right? Um, yeah, so it's like I'm less likely to have to like re-research shit, but always I always put it on my list to research like any yeah. anything they say. I always still like want to see the paper myself. Yeah. So I think I was I don't know if you've ever went through Huberman lab clips on uh, water and like fluoride and water and shit. So I went through that and um, his podcast usually come with like uh, references. So I actually went through the research paper. I was like, okay, this research paper is like, it's not the best in the world, but it is true. Like the facts he gave was true, right? He he wasn't lying about that. Um, The paper is 
a little limited in terms of like uh, sample size. Like if this was done with more people, uh, I don't remember. It was like, it was an Iranian study, I think, or something like that. It was related to fluoride and water and causing development issues. But it is true. Like regardless of where you live, if your fluoride is greater than X amount percent, then this is what it'll cause, right? Um, yeah, I'd love to see a study in like North America. I'd love to see a study in Asia and stuff like that because that's closer to my own demographic. But there's too big of a risk and to prevent that risk costs too little for me to uh, not think about it. You yes. know what I mean? So like for you to prevent it, you literally just need a reverse osmosis water system or something like that. It won't like not everyone's going to do it, but honestly, it costs between 100 to $300 and you're going to get clean water and not fucked up water forever. Right. Worth it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like I was like, dude, I'm for sure this is a thing. I I, I want to tell people, uh, tell other people about it because I'm like, dude, our water's fucked. Like in, in Edmonton, yeah. they put too much. Like there is, first of all, they shouldn't put any fluoride in the water, but there is the Edmonton's water is so hard. Yeah, but also the fluoride percentage is like higher. I think the percent they were looking at was, or the the ratio they were looking at was, I think like 0.5 milligram per liter, mm-hmm. and we're at 0.76 in Edmonton but 0.5 okay. was like the threshold for them to say that this is unsafe based on their studies right so anything lower they're saying is probably safe anything higher is probably unsafe right uh, and Edmonton's at like 0.76 I was like well our water's fucked then have you convinced Joyce to change your water um she doesn't always like me trying to convince her to do shit <laughs> <laughs> which I actually completely understand like yeah. I don't like people telling me what to do but if you told me and you gave me the sources and I read through the sources, then I'm like, okay, fine. I will. Makes sense. Yeah. Like if your logic is undeniable, then I will be convinced. Mm. Right. But if there is like, I don't blame her because it does sound a little bro sciencey when you talk about fluoride and water and there's a lot of like conspiracy theories <laughs> and shit. Your water, we're going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a lot of conspiracy theories behind it. So I kind of understand the skepticism that some people have with it, which yeah. I would probably have the same skepticism. But I can link you the paper if you want. I can link you the podcast if you want. And, you know, it's pretty good. show you the facts and yeah, the studies. exactly, right? So, like, I'm actively trying to prevent myself from, like, falling into these traps where I actively, like, every time I listen to, like, some type of fact on a podcast, I'll, like, put it on my to-do list. It's like, oh, research about this to make sure it's I'll true, right? Too. So, I was like, I, I don't want to only take a face value. But at the same time, if a credible source has told me and I see even one speck of evidence of it. Then I'll be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I'm like, I'm convinced already. <laughs> I, I don't want to go that deep, right? So that is a little bit of bias in itself. For sure. Um, um, but it's tough, right? Like you have to, you have to trust some things because you can't research everything in life. I agree. Right? So you have to trust something, right? I think there's probably a tinge to it that uh, you also like conspiracy theories. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like, oh shit! Yeah. If, this, if this works, then this would be sick. Yeah. Or if this is true, and and I think most of the time, a lot of it is half truths too. So, like for example, the whole fluoride and water thing. Great, they did show that that's the case. Unfortunately, it's not a larger study, so they didn't have more sample size with different demographics. That would have made it a more compelling argument. Yes. Um. But what they're saying is not a lie either, though. They what they're saying is true, but it's not like. A very convincing truth yet because it's not well studied enough hmm. um i feel like to an extent the sample size really makes a study credible or not yeah 
Because yeah. if your sample size was less than like 200, then. Yeah, yeah, and and I think the I kind of get why some people are also skeptical because the the demographic might matter. So like, I don't know if you talk about like cheese and stuff, Asia's fucked. But if you're in Europe, it's fine, right? So it's like the the demographic. There are some variables that you don't even know have effect until ten years later. You know what I mean? Yes. Until they did the proper studies, then they're like, oh, because they you know ate cheese as they grew up, they're more immune to this thing. For example, yeah, they right? They could be like, cheese is poisonous and upsets your stomach. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. Oh no, it's just because this demographic lacks lactase. It, exactly right. So then, yeah, what Huberman's saying is not a lie. Um, I'm just thinking that after I read through the studies, it could be it could be a more compelling argument and. The next question is why hasn't anyone in the states studied that, right? That's the conspiracy th- side Have of it. Have you looked into that? Uh, I don't know. I, I I didn't go that deep into the <laughs> rabbit hole. I was just taking it as true. Yeah, because like I was like, it's kind of sketchy. I was like, who's stopping this, right? Like, yeah. I, big pharma. Legit. Like, if I was, if I was the guy selling fluoride to all these cities that put it in their water. Yeah. I'd be like, yo, these guys are fucking lying. Florida's perfectly fine for you. Yeah. Ask all these other people, right? Like I would try my best to uh make sure that's not true because it's a survival instinct, right? It's mm-hmm. just like I just don't want to lose my whole business, and, business and way of life and stuff like that, right? Because they're probably making bank fucking poisoning people, right? Which sucks because like a lot of people with like the o- the opioid crisis was like, you know, why didn't the Sackler family do this and do that? You know, why they like, you know, lie to people and like legit like have like fake studies and all this shit like that, right? So like, eighty or ninety percent of me is like, you're fucking right. Those guys should have not been such assholes. But then ten percent of me was like, okay, what if I was the Sackler family? I'd be like, no, I kind of like my money, yeah. <laughs> and I kind of want to like keep this generational wealth within my family right and the only way to do it is to fuck something up and you know collude with more people so you can push away your liability and shit like that right so part of me is like can you it's it's the whole like europe prison thing right like can you blame someone for trying to escape prison no it's a natural human instinct right so you can't really blame someone for trying to like better their own life right and then unfortunately to better their own life to hurt other people yes that's very like bad but it feels very understandable from their perspective. It feels very human nature, right? Which is like kind of hard to say. Like you're a dick, but then if I were in your position, I might do the same. So like, yeah. what am I, right? Yeah. Because like you can't expect, and I don't expect everyone to have the utmost integrity. I'm actually very skeptical when someone says they have really good integrity. You know what I mean, like you're uncorruptible? Are you sure? Like I feel like those are always the first person, first people you try to corrupt are the people who think they're uncorruptible right because it's almost like a challenge right uh so they're more easily yeah yeah right right so i don't know like i want to say i mean i do have to say as a professional i have the utmost integrity right (laughs) (laughs) i will not be corrupted (laughs) yeah but human nature wise i feel like it's tough but i actually think um the reason why i say it's like 90 10 in my mind is that i feel like the the conscience must weigh so heavy on those people knowing that they indirectly killed all these people right like for me i feel like that conscience would weigh on me so hard like a reason why i think i would never be able to successfully get away with murder is i feel like the conscious would weigh too heavily on me to uh, like the guilt would be too heavy on me for me to successfully get away with murder i feel like at some point i will 
give myself away or like give up just be yeah. like, i don't want to run anymore like i did something bad like i just want to like like you ever do something bad when you're a kid and like you like you sacked up and you're like okay i'm just gonna accept the punishment and then when like as soon as you got the punishment you're like i feel like 10 pounds later like i just feel yeah, so much better I like i i deserve this and i just want to take the punishment and move on right who did it and they look at you and you're like, fuck <laughs> yeah, <it was> me. <laughs> yeah so i feel like i don't know like for me i wouldn't be able to do that because i feel like my conscience would just be like so heavy on me but at the same time if you're the sackler family and you're like the son of the guy who made the decision you can't like it's like you were given like you were given the position next right it's like you can't really do anything right like, yeah fuck everything fuck yeah like, my family's been like for years but yeah. like fuck them yeah exactly right it's kind of hard all right anyways uh any more other updates i don't know i think that was it for me like you guys are pretty caught up in my life right now i think my life was pretty caught up from the last podcast i'm just trying to think um my goal was I've been shitting the bed on the whole Europe thing, so I'll let you guys know later if I can find anything. I'll be honest with work right now. Um, I'm liking what I do right now. Like the projects they've given me is really good, uh, even though there's not much current work. But I feel like they can really branch me off into some like exciting shit. Like, yeah, it's kind of exciting. Like my boss actually asked me to update my like corporate resume. I was like, oh, that's kind of exciting. Like maybe they want me to like go for a different opportunity now right like like maybe they see some potential in me to like go off in this other direction which is kind of exciting right but that also kind of puts a like a foot the, like a doorstop into my plan of like leaving right uh, so i'll see like i'll see like in that case there's never really a perfect time to leave yeah 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 i think i mean if i were to say like is there a better time like oh what if i get high enough in my company where i could literally like they literally send me to a different project overseas right then that would be like almost ideal because I stay with my company right. um, and I get to advance and I get to travel, right? And all that shit. But I don't know. I'll I'll play by ear and I'll see how it is. Pretty funny. Crazy updates. All right. You're just really quiet on the thing. That's all. Oh, Viv, you pressed the button on the thing. Sorry, guys. We had technical difficulty. I hope you guys heard Viv all the time. I'm not going to go back and try to check all that. That's <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah. All right, cool. We'll see you guys on the next podcast. We'll talk about some random shit. Yeah. Bye.